The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code RTRS when you sign up. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go to get their engagement rings by doing it on the internet because they're not allowed to leave their house. And Kinetic Skateboarding, still open online at kineticskateboarding.com. Um, get 9.1% off your first order by using promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, have an announcement about Flip the Switch, which seems like an obvious announcement, but we are pivoting. We're going to pivot here on the Ricky. So um, that's coming up. We'll finish off the round of 32 in the field of 64 jigsaws. And we have a 50% basketball mailbag. We asked for one basketball and one non-basketball question from everybody. And there's a call for a relationship. There's a relationship advice question in there. Um, before we get going, two notes about uh, local sponsors who are not actual specific sponsors of uh, this pod, but, um, but are sponsors of the Ricky. First, uh, Colony Meadery, Rescue Mead with, um, with animals from Brandywine, Anim- Brandywine SPCA and Providence Animal Center, available now at colonymeadery.com. Congratulations to Vito, a longtime resident of uh, Brandywine SPCA, who actually got adopted this week. So he is on the can, but he is officially adopted. And a note from our sponsor, Cornblow. Um, and, you know, obviously he's a, not just a personal injury lawyer, he's a lawyer lawyer. And he mentioned a couple of things that people might be going through right now that he can help out with if you just need advice or whatever. The first is business interruption insurance. Um, If you have a small business and have business interruption insurance, insurance companies will do whatever they can to not have to pay you for it. I talked to Adam this morning, which sounds fucking insane as it would seem as though what is going on now is the most likely candidate for business interruption insurance ever. Um, but they are trying to not pay people. So if you are having problems with that, uh, Cornblow will help you. And as well, uh, he let us know that if you have any trouble with unemployment compensation benefits, um, if you're losing your job now, you can call him or email him as well. Uh, the site to go to to apply for unemployment compensation benefits, uh, www.uc.pa.gov. But if you have any um, any problems and you need his help on either of those things, give him a ring. Cornblow uh, at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we was right y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, we will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we will write y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, say the name. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has not uh, felt the, scun- the sun on his skin for uh, over a week now, I think. That is Mike Levin. How you uh, doing, man? We did. We legitimately had not opened our front door for four or five days because 
the apartment across the hall was uh, renovating, which is a cool mm. time to do that. So people were yeah, coming up and time. down the steps. Um, yeah. And we finally left to like throw the trash out and like pick up at a coffee place that we like. And it was emotional. <laughs> like we almost got just like <laughs> the feeling the sun. It was, it felt, it was after five days, I felt like, uh, uh, what's his name in the Shawshank Redemption when he came out and was just like, ah, that kind of freedom, freedom feeling. It was nice. Um, I also have to say my first, my first question to you, because I was mm-hmm. thinking about this, wow. we, we haven't, um, we, you know, obviously all the basketball podcasts or most of them are still, are still trucking along. Uh, Zach mm-hmm. loaded to go with Rachel Nichols, Woj had, uh, Andy Slavidon. I was wondering, like, there's the report that NBA uh, teams have decided to pay players their next um, their next like scheduled paycheck, which is early April. Mm-hmm. But they don't. But they have not decided on the whatever the April fifteenth one, and they could invoke force majeure. Yep. Uh, do you think that that would happen? First of all, do you think that they'll that that is a po- like actually something that they're considering, or will the publicity look so bad? And uh, are you impressed that I know what force majeure is? Um, <laughs> because uh, studios might do it to writers if uh, the WGA goes on strike. Uh, I am impressed, but not surprised. Thank you. Okay, about thank that? you. Great. Because I, I, I think you're a smart person. You're also probably reading more than you ever have. That would, that would, uh, that would. Um, uh, I'm not, I don't know if they would do it. I actually, I, I, I'm always super suspicious of everyone. And when I saw players um, donating to workers super early, I was like, hmm, this seems like a warning strike um, because I, I bet the owners are going to try not to pay. Now, like this is a, uh, an anno- like it's almost hard to talk about because if they don't play, um, you know, a quarter of the season, the um, the amount of like even for super rich owners, the amount of uh, monetary ripple that goes through the entire league for that. I I don't know. I my guess would be they will pay them. That would be my guess because they don't feel like dealing with the public scrutiny of it. And I also believe that though we don't know what's going to happen. I would put my money on them finding a way. So most of the local television contracts for NBA teams um, guarantee the local the local channel 70 games. Like they have to play 70 games to get the full amount of money. And you know, if you're just on national TV, you don't that that doesn't count as one of the 70. And most teams are between five and eight games away from getting to that number. Mm-hmm they will find a fucking way to get to 70 games. Like, no matter what they do, I would be pretty shocked if they don't play the, the remaining regular season games to get to that number and playoffs. I'd really? be really, really surprised. So Even if no we matter get to what, July. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I and Silver was, uh, you know, we talked about with KOC a little bit. Silver was allowing for the possibility of the next season starting later. Yeah. Um, even if they, like, let's say they cut eight games out of this season and eight games out of next season and start. If you cut eight games out of the season next season, they can start at the end of November. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, my, my concern is, and I, I, I like that plan. I would love that if that happened. Um, my concern is what, what happens if they start the season back up, whether there's fans or no fans, and then mm-hmm. 
another player gets it. So my, uh, I, I was talking to um, my good friend uh, Nafis about this, who is a, uh, who is my barber, and he was like, "Well, the first time somebody gets it, they're going to stop." And I, I, I think we will get to a point. Like the whole point, and I, I don't, I don't look. Neither you nor I is a scientist. I, a hundred percent. But the, the problem at this point is not a, a healthy 28-year-old getting this. The problem is spread. And I think once we get to the later part of the summer and once we've you know, flattened the curve and all that kind of stuff and spread is not the concern that it is now, I, I don't – like this isn't like – I don't think you have to stop the whole league if one guy tests positive for it. Because to be honest with you, I, there will be a point at which, and they're telling people, healthy people, don't get tests just to make sure that you don't have it. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they will operate that way. And that, that would be my guess that they don't. I think early on, they will. Uh, but I think once they start letting, if, if and when they, well, when they start letting fans back, I don't think we will be in that same place. But I don't know. I mean, if if a guy because there's a couple of people that I know are friends of friends that are young and healthy and either got it or are just just past it and like it got hit pretty bad by it, like really got like knocked right. the fuck out by it. And so if that happens, like if there's a chance that random player X, not even one of the like premier ones, say Brandon Knight, who's. Mm-hmm. Say Brandon Knight gets it and is like in critical condition. Like, are they going to keep playing? Or what about the players that you know he's come in contact with? I, I don't know. I I I I wonder how much the resolve is there for. Say if it's like pretty contained, everybody's itching to get the economy back going. Everybody's itching to get the sports leagues back up, and then they. They'd try to do a half measure, play without fans there, which would be weird as hell. Um, and then somebody else gets it, and it's bad. I, I, I wonder if – I don't know. I really don't know the answer. But uh, it, it, it seems like a, 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 a kind of test your mettle of, like, how much are you willing to, like, roll the dice if you're right. a player. And I think maybe some players would be like, no. I think, it, I think it might come down to certain players just deciding, like, I'm not playing. If Maybe it's the – well, the what I would they decide, whatever it is, I don't know. It's, it's it's really a very odd situation. It is, and what I would hope they do is before they do that, they educate everyone more than any of us are probably educated on the risks and where they are. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I it's there's so much information right now that it's pretty hard to parse. And my guess would be, remember, the NBA was the league that first stopped you know we could all argue that they shouldn't have played the games and so on and so forth but they were the first ones to stop yeah i like you know before they do anything they will talk to the the players association and they will agree to it so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens it is an interesting call to make um for sure how do you feel about the like possibility of like a charity game i think that's cool i think people need it honestly like i I think um, I think it would be a neat thing to do, and I hope all the players would play hard. And I, I think like anything that um, that can resemble sort of normality for people in this time that isn't normal is a 
um, is a plus. I, I don't think they should do it haphazardly, but I think if we are a month from now and we're you know working toward normalcy, I think a a, a charity game would be cool. Interesting. I obviously yeah. donating charity, very cool. Playing basketball, very cool. I wonder if it would just feel like a weird fanless pickup game from like random guys, and it's like like Demata Sabonis is the best player there, and and it's just like. I think they would need like a weird. couple of they would need a couple of headliners to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I think they would need to talk to they would need to get Giannis and LeBron and like they, they're gonna they would need to really turn it into something great. And I I think people would would yeah it would be weird. Everything about this is weird, but mm-hmm. I I think making the best of it and if they can do good, which I think they can, I think it's a it's a, something they should do. Yeah. Well, I've been watching. Just old games. Uh, there was, uh, there's like League Pass has a bunch of like I think they're f- open for free now. League Pass, mm-hmm. yeah, um, League Pass, and I think NFL's Vault is open as well. Yeah, so there's good stuff to watch. I watched last year, so this was supposed to be day right now. Should was supposed to be day four of uh, March Madness, the uh, the final final day of the of the of the round of thirty two. Um, and so the past couple of days, I've been watching old stuff. Last year, this is, as I've said, this is not a good story, but I'm, this, it's very self-serving. Last year, <laughs> I uh, the, all, the first four days of March Madness, first round and second round, are my favorite days of the year. It's the thing I like the most. It's, a, it's insane. Uh, me and Alyssa had our first kiss the night of the second day of March Madness. And so every time she's like, why do we fucking do this? This is like our anniversary is around this time. It's always at the same time. Uh, so that was a mistake. But um, it's I just I love this shit, man. It's, it is. It, I feel it in my bones and I feel so sad that it didn't happen. Last year, I had to in preparation. We didn't have a job at the time. My writing partner, Patrick, and I. And we get a Wednesday night. We get a, uh, a meeting the next day for a show. Mm-hmm. A cool show. And we're like, fuck. So we're going to have to miss, you know, the first stanza or two of like, because the meeting's in Burbank and we got to drive and then we got to go back to the bar and like where we're going to find, we're not going to get our spot at the bar. Like it, it really threw a wrench into things. But we we're like, okay, we'll do it. We'll go. Went to the meeting, had a good meeting, figured like, all right, we're at least going to like get a chance to get this job. Get to the bar, relax, feel great. And they want us to meet with the other creator who was also the star of the show. And they were like, we'll see. That'll probably be next week. And we're like, great. Love next week. Can't wait. So we like relax. We're ready to go. We get an email like five o'clock, you know, multiple Bloody Marys in. And it said, hey, he wants to meet tomorrow. Same time, same place. So we had to miss the fucking first stanza on Friday as well. <laughs> and we were pissed off, but we were happy to meet. You know, he's it was cool, started the show, whatever. And we were like, all right, we're at least getting this job. That's big. Let's go watch the rest of it. We missed a couple games. We missed, like, Auburn, New Mexico State. We missed a couple really good games. Yale, LSU, um, which I've since watched in the past couple days, so I've enjoyed that. Um, and then we didn't end up getting the fucking job. We didn't get the job. Wow. So they just fucked well, us. Sometimes you got to take risks, you know? Like, you got to... I should have said yeah. no. I should have said don't. <laughs> the, the, how how angry I will be if we take these meetings, miss these games, and don't get the job overwhelms 
how happy I'd be if we did get the job. And so. So the, the difference with me is I am actually using this time as a place to, as a, a time to not watch basketball. I, I needed a breather, I think, and it's, it's been nice. Um, I did watch. So I've occasionally watched UFC, but never like, never intently. No, it always seems kind I, of boring. Yeah, to I me. can't do it. I can't do that stuff. But I was watching. So yesterday on ESPN, they had one of the greatest, apparently one of the greatest fights ever, which was Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor from 2017. And let me tell you something: if fights were fucking like that, I would watch them all the time. That was fucking incredible. Most of them is just one guy giving a headlock to the other guy on the ground, pushing his face into a like cage, which is boring to me. But that fight was awesome. And then I watched The Invisible Man last night mm-hmm. with uh, Elizabeth Moss, and it was not good at all. I was sort of disappointed. I'm a uh, I, with 95 percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it would be really good, but it wasn't. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Mike, I know what you must be thinking. There's no sports anymore. How could DraftKings Sportsbook be valuable at all? Tell me. Well, so I don't even know what these things are. And I know a lot of people like just need to bet on stuff. So on the and, and first of all, they have casino games in there, so you can play blackjack and they're free, and you can you can have fun in in the sports book anyway. But and they have a survivor bracket, by the way. Is Survivor popular again? Do people love Survivor again? I, I am feeling it becoming more present in the world. It's sort of weird. I, I didn't know that. Um, so they have a free to play curb your enthusiasm finale uh, pool and a free-to-play NASCAR virtual homestead Miami race pool. What's the curb finale? A, uh, curb finale. Isn't that tonight? Yeah, I guess. What is? Uh, so, what are their predictions? Is that what the... Uh, so let's see. Uh, hold on. I got to log in. Hold on. I'll the, tell you like, does someone say, like, fuck you, Larry, or, like, eat shit, Larry? Like, are those the let's options? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So entry fee is adult, free. Okay, enter now. Hold on. I'm on it. So you have to say, will Larry... Oh, so there's a bunch of different things that you have to answer. Will Larry say pretty, pretty good? Will there be a stare-off? Will Susie yell at both Jeff and Larry in the same scene? Will Latte Larry's still be open at the end of the episode? Will Leon be in a scene with Susie? Will Larry play or mention golf? Will Leon have an idea for a new invention? Like, there's a, a pool for it. Okay. And a $2,000 prize. They also, you can bet on the, TT, the TT Cup which I guess is R- Russian table tennis, the Burundi Premier League, the Australia A-League, uh, the Nicaragua Premier Edition, and the Setka Cup. So, And there's MLB futures and football futures and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so you know, there's, Get your you think in. there's... Yeah, there's, there's no sports. I wish there, I, wa- I still watched something. Curb. I, there's something genuinely enjoyable about betting on a sport you just have no idea what's happening in <laughs> right because the win would feel that much sweeter, so much better yeah yeah DraftKings Sportsbook legal in uh, in PA now the top rated sportsbook app by far the best sportsbook app and friends of the Ricky um, love the DraftKings Sportsbook app Down- download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code RTRS when you sign up 
Uh, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, code enter code RTRS and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania, only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Fucking nailed it. There we go. Back to the Ricky. And then at other times, and here's an interesting thing that I've learned as I've watched. Really, I only watch a couple of TV shows because I, I don't really watch a ton of TV. I watch 90 Day, whatever show you make, obviously, uh, 90 Day Fiance, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and Impractical Jokers. Just because I can sit there. You watch Impractical Jokers? I've never yes. met anyone that watches Impractical Jokers. It's very popular. That that movie that they put out before the world was about to end was was uh, was going to do very well. And they're but just I, doing impractical jokes on people all the time, and they've been doing this for like decades. No, I think like probably seven or eight years. It feels it, like my whole life. These guys have been impractical <laughs> joking, and they're so like generic looking. I I can't even stand it. Well, so. One thing I noticed about Diners, Drivers, and Dives that I thought was interesting is that I am vegan now, and I am at a place with it where the idea of eating meat, like, I, I don't even like thinking about it. For some reason, on Diners, Drivers, and Dives, it's all fine. <laughs> like, I, there's nothing about it that bothers me. I could watch that show over and over and over again uh, and have no problem with it whatsoever. A restaurant so. that my, uh, my dad, Glenn, is a regular at. Uh, was featured on Diners, Diamonds, and Dives in Hatboro. Which uh, one? Daddy Pops. Oh. Have you seen that one? I, it, it changes business. I, I don't remember it. It changed when, when you're on that show, it fucking blows up your business. It's a small Every little, day. like, old train car of a restaurant, and my dad huh. has gone in there for, you know, fucking 35 years. And uh, so go to Daddy Pops in Hatboro. Before we get to the mailbag with a ton of awesome questions, let's talk about um, Flip the Switch and what we're going to do. Because I think this is uh, will be fun and important. Um, and I, I changed something in there um, uh, and didn't tell you about it. So that'll be fun to talk about now and, and uh, litigate on the podcast. So Flip the Switch is happening, was happening April 11th at Underground Arts. Obviously, we cannot do that on April 11th at Underground Arts. And um, I want to thank Rich, <clears throat> Rich and Underground Arts, who were super cool about all of it and treat us great every time we're there. Um, you know, they're bartenders, they're crew, all out of work, and it was tough for us to uh, make that decision. And the reason we didn't postpone it is because everything's unsure over the next couple of months. And obviously, we plan on doing something in the fall as well as we normally do. So it felt wrong to postpone it to say June because we don't know what's going to be happening. There might not even be basketball in June or we might not want to have a, a group thing in June. So, um, but this was the replacement for the lottery party. And um, the lottery party was important because we raised so much money for our charities. Um, so we're going to do something different. So our charities, obviously, the Providence Animal Center and Coded by Kids. And as I mentioned on the last pod, it's not just their causes you're supporting. It's the people that work there um, who, who their entire career is funded by uh, those donations. And uh, we mean a lot to them, and they mean a lot to us. So, And also, the, uh, all of the people at Underground Arts who are out of work now, who, um, you know, who rely on tips and rely on part-time work, and you know the, the music industry has been 
just fucking devastated by this thing. So we are going to raise money for all of those causes and also give some credit and shine a spotlight on our local sponsors who are also in in a lot of trouble because of this whole thing. So we are going to do a live show, the first ever Ricky live stream. We have never done any live thing on the internet, um, and we've definitely never done video on the internet. So next Sunday, and I know I proposed three hours to you, but I am proposing a five-hour Rights to Ricky Sanchez charity Zoomathon. Five hours? Um, so we sit on the internet. Well, here's, here's the deal I'll make for you. Here's the deal I'll make for you. So we're, we will have special guests. We will be live. We will, I, I think one thing that will be awesome is you should be able to ask us a question that we have to answer for a certain donation. Um, I say five hours or $15,000, whichever comes first. So if we raise $15,000, which should be easy for us, we're a big podcast. Think about this. Every, let's say 500 people were coming to the live show. That's you know, um, $30 a person. What's policy so, on peeing? Oh, you can get up and pee. We're going we're, we're gonna to make this, look, I already made Sharp commit to doing it. We should get all of our, maybe I'll reach out to TJ. What if we get Mike Scott on it? We'll have all of our sponsors on so we can get, do a deep dive with LL. We will have um, the charities on to talk about what they do. And here's something uh, super cool. Not only will you be able to donate on PayPal and Venmo, we are going to have special merch that we were going to do for Flip the Switch that we'll do anyway. All of that will go to um, the charities. So we'll have the Master of Puppets looking shirt that we were going to do. We did a special shirt with the names on the back, uh, the Lottery Party shirt, and added COVID-19 to the names. Um, and then two posters from Abby, who does all our art. The If you saw it on our Instagram, the um, Once Upon a Time in Philadelphia um, art that she did, we'll put on a poster. That is and very cool, and I think you will like that a lot. Yeah, it's Joelle and Band. You can look. There's an Abby's art gallery on the content section of our website, and that's up there. Um, it's, of course, based on Once Upon a Time in, what is it? What's the movie? Once Upon a Time in Los Angeles? Hollywood. Is that what it is? Hollywood, right. And then, um, and then the, the, like the show art that she did for Flip the Switch. So they will all be. I am told that Amos Lee and Jaron Alevsky are working on an official recorded version of You Don't Fuck With Me, I Don't Fuck With You. <laughs> so, so that will be available for donation as well. Um, we will have everyone in the Ricky family uh, on there, uh, AU, Sixers Adam, um, Abby, Zainab, I, I know she, we have not confirmed it with her, but something tells me that she'll make some time for us. Um, and that we will try to get some special guests. I think like us being able to support our local sponsors and our charities is important. And our, our group of uh, listeners has always been so supportive in doing that. And, um, and keeping you on the internet for five hours, I think would be incredible. So, so uh, so it'll be on Zoom. If you go to rightstorickysanchez.com slash charity, rightstorickysanchez.com slash charity, you can get the Zoom link for the, uh, for the event. You can add it to your calendar. Um, that'll be, and we should have the merch up by uh, Tuesday or so. And by the way, our merch company, uh, Cold Cuts, is also a local business who is um, really going to bat for us in getting this shit done during this time. So I appreciate them doing that. Uh, everyone's, you know, a merch company that basically revolves around music merch. So by supporting this, you're supporting them too. So I think it's important, and I love our sponsors 
so much and I love our charity so much. They've done so much to uh, support us and be there for us. And I think this is a time that we can be there for them. Yeah, it's a good group of folks. And uh, I I tweeted it earlier. The This pandemic is, you know, making me just feel a tremendous amount of affection for the people that uh, I love in my life and mm-hmm. that I yep. don't won't get to see for a while and that are struggling and you know whether it's being laid off or losing their job or just having going through a tough time and there's a lot of there's a lot of us are, are, are going through that um, and so the our, our sponsors who would you know <laughs> have the poor business acumen <laughs> to sponsor this fucking podcast <laughs> uh, and stick with us for as long as they have like uh, you know we, we love them and we, we appreciate them and uh, I'm excited to put on this uh, charity event internet sensation Um, I don't think you've ever the only time I'm trying to remember that my apartment has been in the on the internet is during the lottery party video when I lived with Shark oh yes on that big orange couch Um, and uh, John Gonzalez posted a uh, a video of me leaping over my couch when the picks swapped those are the times that I remember so that, uh, or the original one, I think, is in the Flip the Switch uh, trailer. Um, because remember, the original lottery party, um, not only were you not there, but we had, so that video had Bauman watching at home, had, uh, what's his name? Justin F. Something from Justin F. Right, watching at home, you watching at home. Uh, you doing like sort of a spin that my dog does when he sees another dog and he gets <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> that was spin you did. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. So I and and I feel the same way, man. I, uh, I I'm like in a weird. Well, we're just on the podcast. We're just bullshitting, right? I'm in like this weird. Um, I think similar mental place where I uh, look. Therapy is good for you, and I think therapy has helped me like I'm not an anxious person anymore at all I don't get anxious about anything but the way to avoid that is I get overly emotional and kind of like so like I'm fucking crying all the time and I was I was telling my wife about Colony Meadery and uh, Big Barker and LL and Kinetic and I, I was just like these companies like and these people have um, invested in us like not just um not just time and money, but like thought and energy and all of those things. And I, um, I care about them. And like these charities, Providence Animal Center and Coded by Kids, they depend on us. I, it, it's crazy to say, but you know, we, we, it's, it's things like this and it's times like this that I feel like we can come through and our listeners always have. And I know it's a tough time for a lot of people. So if you can do $2, you can do $2, but you know what, if you can do a hundred dollars, do a hundred dollars. Like no one's stopping you from donating more. And if you donate fifteen thousand right away, Mike can get right off the internet. <laughs> I can pee all I want. Yeah, I can pee all he wants. I did. So, I did buy uh, some sneakers from um, Kinetic. Kinetic, which which just arrived very quickly, actually, and uh, are pretty cool. And uh, and I bought some mead for my sister uh, to be delivered. Oh, you did. Uh, I was going to buy some for my brother, but they didn't they didn't deliver to Jersey, so I couldn't do that. Um, but to uh, to my sister, I got a bunch of meat, so she's because she's home with her three daughters, um, and so she's going to be getting drunk by herself. So I decided yesterday I will drink a mead every half hour on the live stream. That's good. 
Yeah. Even the, the pumpkin spice, which I don't even really like pumpkin spice stuff, but I luckily have a couple of Joel and, and Meads left. So that will be next Sunday in lieu of a pod. And, and it, it, will is, happen. it is cool that there's people that have obviously been to the shows, but a lot of people have not, you know, for whatever reason, been able to make it out or just didn't want to yep. uh, be with us in person. Um, and so plenty of people that have listened to the podcast for a long time, uh, getting to sort of experience their first live show will be cool. Yes, it'll be awesome. I, I'm Mike. I got to write a poem. Oh, I got to do a poem. I'm I, sorry. you don't have to. Let me let you off the hook. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we can get people to pay for me not to do it or to pay for me to do it. That'll, that'll be the game. Uh, so we will talk to you next Sunday again. Go to writesrickysanchez.com slash uh, here. You know what I'm going to send you as we're talking so you can see it. Uh, Abby Abigail Huertas, who does all of our. Um, all of our art did a uh, a drawing for the uh, for the feature art for the webcast. I just sent it to you so you could see it. <coughs> I wanted your reaction as we. Uh, okay, I'm looking at it. Oh, cute. Yeah, right. Um, so, so that'll be next Sunday again, noon. My hand is huge. Interest. It's enormous <laughs> hand. You know what that means? I love it. Big gloves. Love Big it. Gloves. Look so, com slash charity, get that Zoom link and add it to your calendar, and we'll have more information as the week progresses. You don't have shit else to do. That is five hours of content. I should be frowning. I should be pissed All off right. more in this picture. Yeah, that, that you're still... The, she should do one for hour, hour one, hour two, hour three, <laughs> hour four. So... The mailbag, the 50% basketball mailbag. We got a lot of great questions. Write Stricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Write Stricky Sanchez at gmail.com. So this one comes from Joe. He says, thank you for continuing to make some great content to help break up the monotony. 64 jigsaw bracket was absolutely incredible. As for questions, the Thunder Pick conveying would be amazing, to, despite it giving props to Colangelo. But wouldn't it be most valuable as an asset to trade to upgrade a bench piece, or is it not possible for the blue coats to have too much talent? So that's the basketball question. So what do you see that as? A, a better as a trade piece that that pick, or a uh, or a, a draft piece? Uh, well, I think if if you're talking about uh, the potential for a Horford trade, I, I don't know. A Horford right, was coming along; he was starting to gel. With everybody, um, I don't. I don't know if how how likely that is. If you're trading him just to get out of there and you're giving up a first round pick just to get out of just get out of that contract, I don't know. Um, I always love just drafting guys. Just draft them and see. You got you got them under team control for four years. Make your pick. Make your second round picks. Promise some uh, undrafted guys quickly. Like just load up on them and make them like. Fight it out and see who pops because you never know. Because there's guys, you look around the league and there's so many guys that like were not a lottery pick uh, competing and and playing well. And you look at, you know, obviously TJ being one, like Duncan Robinson, Fred Van Vliet, undrafted guys, um, plenty of guys in the second round that uh, for whatever reason uh, dropped Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert dropped because of injury. Like, there's plenty of guys that like have that level of talent that for whatever reason uh, didn't put it together or in a bad situation or got hurt or whatever it is. And this is my thing is, and this is what I I always you know they, Hinky did this with with like top level guys, but mm -hmm. I've always loved doing if there's like Karis LeVert is like the perfect example. Spencer Dinwiddie another one of like guys who. Uh, 
should have been drafted higher that got hurt. And if you're saying the Sixers have too many like rotation players right now, which I I, I hear that thought of like how how are you gonna give all these guys minutes? You do is there room for whatever? You just draft them and and stick them on your bench for a year. That's what Orlando did with Chumo Kiki. Uh, there's a plenty of other examples of that. Um, just draft a guy that was it's gonna be out for a lot of time and and see if all of a sudden at 22 <laughs> or whatever the pick is, then you just have a guy that like should have been the 11th pick, whatever. KOC made a really interesting point. So I listened to the um, Ringer NBA show yesterday, and they were doing a mailbag, and the first question was their fight about tanking. You know how we've sort of learned the lesson not to argue with each other about the shit that we just disagree about? Have we? They have yeah, I think so. I, I think we give each other space now. Like, we've, we've evolved. Sure. It's been a long time. Yeah. They have not. And so the first question was about the tanking debate, and they just fought about it for, for 25 minutes. Um, it, I love KOC, but it was, it was rough. But in any case, he made a good point about having a later pick in the first round in this particular draft might be more valuable than having a higher pick because of the salary and mm-hmm. because of the fact that there are not a ton of no doubt, you know, yeah, top fivers for in sure. this one. And committing three million a year to somebody may be more valuable than committing eight million a year. For sure. I if, mean, if you, you if remember you, how much the Fultz contract played. If he was right. making four million dollars, then I, rather than ten, I think that they hold yep. on to him. So I think that's interesting. I, I don't know. We'll, they'll have to play it as they come. And I forget who ranked them, but somebody did a, a ranking of the top twenty G League players, and Mariel Shayok was number one. Love it. this year. Yeah. I want to he should second, get minutes. I was wrong. I was wrong about him. I don't I still don't know that he has the like fluidity and speed to be an NBA player, but guy guy shoots when he walks into the gym and, and is, has been hitting. So and he gets to the rim a little bit. He uses his you know threat of the shot to to hit shots around there. So uh, He gets buckets, man. He just, he just scores. Remember when we did the when we did the uh the the night at the Blue Coats, uh-huh. I asked the coach about why didn't they just give the ball to Shayok every time? And he made a face at me as if, like, yes, that that actually would be a really good plan. Yeah, like, yeah. that guy is tough to guard. So, and I made the, and it would help me out with my Mariel Shayok is going to be better than Shake Milton uh, tweet that I made very early in the season or, or in summer league. Mm, I don't think, I don't the, think so, pal. <laughs> and then his non-sports question. What is the best quarantine meal you've had so far? Just made homemade pizza this weekend and left plenty of delicious leftovers. Uh, Alyssa and I have sort of, over the course of the last week or so, we've we've kind of started competing on dinner. There could be a, dra- mm. a DraftKings bet on that. Um, we just to make it a little a little more interesting. And so I I marinated some chicken, which is a, a rare thing for me, and really got it in there. And Alyssa had very low expectations for it. Um, and it turned out to be really, really good. Um, and then she hit me back with the next night with uh, some like uh, apple uh, sausage, like apple cider vinegar, vinaigrette, mm. like balsamic type, like glaze a little bit. So there's we're getting we're getting into it. So there's I I like the idea of of us competing on how to <laughs> have tasty meals. Um, yeah, because for sure. we're you know we're making what we have available to us, which is not a fully stocked. Uh, fridge for everything, everything, you know. I, as somebody who is working during this, am not eating a ton of good meals. 
uh, like now, thankfully, I would like to thank Entercom, who has bought everyone who does have to be at the studios lunch and dinner every day, which I thought was a, a nice a nice move. But it does mean um, a lot of like salads and pizza where I take everything off of it. <laughs> it's not that great. So I actually, I would say that like my wife and I had dinner last night and the, it was, it was the calmest dinner. Are you there? Yeah. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, um, my wife and I had dinner last night. It was the calmest dinner that I've had. And all it was, was chopped up impossible sausage and a sweet potato and broccoli. Um, but the fact that it was calm and it was, it was not at work, I think was my best, was the, the best thing I've had so far. I love that. Yeah. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by one of our prized uh, local sponsors, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Big Barker sounds like a big company, but it's not. They are a local company with less than 10 employees uh, that, if you can afford it, can use your support right now. Mike got an email from Mishko. He's going to be in the mailbag from Slovakia and asked if Big Barker would ship to Slovakia. What's the answer? I have no idea. I sent a note to Eric at Big Barker, and we'll see. I think at, at this point in time, they will ship Big Barkers wherever wherever they need to go. I'm imagining just, like, one small boat with just a Big Barker on it, just, like, <laughs> cross-fording the Atlantic. Yeah. Go to uh, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the uh, Big Barker dog bed with a process pup patch. And there was a story in the New York Times, and obviously my wife works at a shelter, and we support Providence Animal Centers, and... Uh, one small plus of this entire thing is that people are uh, fostering and adopting dogs because it's a good time to do that because you can be at home with them all the time, um, which is the hardest time to like to train them because you adopt the dog and then you're you're off to work. So um, some adult dogs getting places. Um, so if you are going to adopt a dog now to have some you know company while you work at home, just sitting there staring at you lovingly. You have to have that dog sleeping on a big barker because it is the official dog bed of the Ricky and the only one, the only real dog bed on the market that um, there's a real bed and helps support your dog's joints and keeps them healthy. Um, if uh, you want a big barker dog bed, again, you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. There's a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they'll replace it for free. In this economy, a 10-year warranty is, is good shit. And a one-year at-home trial. Uh, if you don't like it, you send it back. They will even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA right here in the uh, Delaware Valley as well. Big Barker dog beds. Woof, woof. Back to the Ricky. Uh, okay, next question. This is from Brett. Hey, Mike and Spike. Thanks for continuing to provide uh, all of us with content to get us through our days at home. Keep up the great work. Basketball related. If the season is canceled tomorrow, is Brett Brown fired before the next season begins? My gut says yes, but I would love your takes. I think yes. I'll answer this first. I think if the season gets canceled tomorrow, he would get fired. I think that there could be – There's it's such a level of uncertainty with all of this that, like, there could just be – you want continuity going into next season. It's, like, a tough time. You just, like, want your guys and – Brett and Joel and Ben have enough of a solid base that they're like, keep them. Let's let's actually make one more run at this thing. I don't know. 
I think it's. I think they're dying to fire him, and I think they would fire. But him. if Brett, if if Ben and Joel say not to, then they would. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. You know. They wouldn't. I. But I don't think they would do that. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't. I don't think they would. I think there's a certain level of don't you dare fire this guy. And I also am not sure that either player is in that position right now to like stop moves like that. So. But who knows? But I, I would say he would get fired. That would be my guess. Um, and then non-basketball related, what's one standout childhood memory spent with your dads? You can go first. <laughs> so I have a lot. Um, most of them were at sporting events because I did not see him much otherwise early in my life. I've, I'll give two. One was I went to the game six of the 1986 World Series with my dad. And that was the game, uh, I know a lot of people, too young to remember that game, but Google it. It was the game that the Mets won when the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs. And I remember we sat up high for the first half of the game. And then for the second half of the game, we were like 20 rows behind the plate with the equipment manager's parents. And I'll never forget looking up on the scoreboard, and they very quickly flashed, congratulations, Boston Red Sox, on the scoreboard before the game was over mm. and the Mets eventually won that that game and I remember I was not a Met fan at the time but I remember the emotion of the crowd I was 10 years old I got like misty eyed when the ball went through Buckner's legs and everybody went that's crazy you're at that game yeah it, it's uh, it is when people I spent most of my childhood as like a Mets fan and people were like how are you a Mets fan and I said I was at game six when I was 10 it's sort of hard to escape when you are you were a Mets and Knicks fan Spike I Correct. think you've been living a lie for a long time there's some <laughs> New York mole happening and, and then my other one was uh, have you ever heard the phrase pepper with baseball of course so I was on the vet. So Pepper, if, if you're listening and don't know what it is, is basically when you throw a ball to somebody who has a bat and he hits grounders to you. Like, that's what it is. And I don't know how old I was. I was probably like eight. And I was on the veteran stadium turf with my dad and Mike Schmidt. And I threw him the ball. And he hit it back at me. And it hit me in the face. And I cried. <laughs> and I'll, In front of Mike I'll Schmidt? Yes. Wow. I'll never forget my opportunity to play Pepper with a Hall of Fame third baseman. I was crying on the field. But the thing is, the fuck, if you're playing Little League, AstroTurf is fucking nothing like grass, yeah. man. That the ball just jumps, yeah. you know? So, all right, so those are two. Uh, my dad would uh, pick me up from, he was going Wednesday nights. We would listen to uh, Tom McGinnis announce the Sixers lose. And at some point, your dad would come on and we'd shit on him together. <laughs> how much we hated him and everything he said. So I, well, it is a formative childhood memory and a relationship with my dad that we would talk about how much of an asshole your dad was. So I hope that gives you some joy in some, on some level. <laughs> Uh, that is funny. It is uh, like your uh, basket, your re- father memory um, is related to my father somehow. Go. How about it? All right. This is sort of relationship advicey. So this comes from Devin. And I'd like to preface it with boy, I'm amazed at how many of our listeners are dating somebody who likes the Celtics. It seems like, like a third of our relationship advice questions are like this. 
So this comes from Devin. I'd been with my previous girlfriend for many years, basically from Elton Brand's big free agent contract through the kickstart of the process with the Drew Nerlens trade. Then she dumped me via Facebook message during the NBA draft lottery um, that gave us the pick that eventually became Joel Embiid. Mm. As Embiid failed to play his first two seasons, so did I flounder on miscellaneous dating apps, unable to find anyone, unsure what I even wanted. Then, simultaneously, with Embiid's first season of playing, I met my current partner, and we've been together ever since. She is, sadly, a Celtics fan, but a good sport. We've been together for now, approaching four years, and have been living together for over three, and it's been amazing. However, much as the Sixers can't seem to ascend to the top tier of one seeds and true title contenders, she doesn't really believe in marriage. I am not exactly a I have to get married guy. We're both communists. I love that parenthetical. <laughs> but, <is laughs> but I can't help but think our relationship's fate and Embiid's are linked. So my question is, is it my duty to convince my partner to marry me so that Embiid gets a ring? Or does Embiid need to get a ring for me to get one? Do I have a moral obligation to convince her that marriage need not be an institution oppressive of women, or do I just trust the process and let things come as they may? I mean, I I think that every case is in, handled individually. And if you if she doesn't want to get married and you don't want to get married, then I have like a have like a togetherness party or something. And you don't have to you don't have to do the institution thing if you if if you guys are opposed to that. Um, I like the wondering if because I've done this too. You like sort of link yourself to whatever the, somehow my what I what I do right now binds how the Eagles play tomorrow or whatever it is. And so uh, everyone has that level of superstition and insanity. Um, and so him doing the math on okay, do I need to get the ring so that Embiid can get a ring, or do I only right. get the ring after Embiid does? Like do, having to decide which, which is the right fake thing that he's uh, sort of ascribed meaning to. Um, I've been there, and I empathize. Uh, so I think, I think you just roll with what you roll with, and if, if you guys aren't down with, down with marriage, then that's fine. Uh, if you are, got a great jeweler for you. Um, yeah. But I'd say trust the process, let, let it ride. Yeah, like if you tr- if he truly believed in marriage, I would say convince her, because like it's also whatever. I, like I do think marriage in general makes you maybe deal with things a little bit more than you would normally deal with them because because you have this like commitment. But if, if you can do that without getting married, then don't. I would just say do what is in your heart. That is my advice. Do what is in your heart. And if your heart tells you that, um, that because really, if it works, then you'll both be successful. Who'll win a ring and your marriage will be great. So do what's in your heart. There is no wrong answer. That is my answer. There, it is it is a bullshit. It's amazing how fucking old fashioned some of this shit is. Like we were looking, we were exploring the idea of just Alyssa getting onto my health insurance because mine's better. Yeah, and they're like, you have to be married. It's like, well, we've been together almost five years. We lived together for four. Like, 
can we just like get a signed piece of paper that says like you know domestic partnership or something and whatever mm-hmm. and they're like no you have to be married and it's like what a fucking nothing thing like you can get married after three days with each other it doesn't mean anything it's just well, like they, it's, I, it's I, taking like the agency away from like like a woman needs to get married in order to like have health insurance it's crazy yeah I, I agree I, I think the issue becomes for them that the people that would take advantage of it because they're not and it's almost like if you take the word marriage out of it and you say legally binding partnership it would make more sense mm-hmm. you know so so you wouldn't be able to just grab somebody and say like it is it is a process to get married like it's sort of annoying yeah. as a process like legally with all that like all the waiting and stuff so i th- think if there was a way that you could just say that you were legally bonded somehow yeah i don't there used to be that but there's there's no longer the case i guess yeah it's weird that it is tied to a religious ceremony which is what marriage is and then the um and i think you could probably answer this too um but i'm the one with the 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 dog with me this question is especially for spike who i know is both a runner and a dog walker i've tried to keep up with socially distanced exercise and dog walking during these plague times but i'm finding a lot of people seem to be going out of their way to take up as much of the trails and sidewalk as possible during a pandemic what is proper sidewalk slash trail etiquette when you find yourself stuck on a sidewalk with someone else approaching and especially when they aren't making any effort uh, to help you avoid them. I've noticed this as well. Obviously, in the suburbs, it is much easier. In the city, it's very difficult because even if everybody is doing what they say to do, the amount of people going to businesses that are supposed to stay open and just walking to the grocery store, there's people all over there. My preferred way of doing this is to move as far as I can away and also give a really disgusted look and shake my head. <laughs> uh, I do this while running. I was running on the Schuylkill Trail like uh, you know, a few days ago, and I saw four people running together, all really close to each other, and I, like, I shook my head and gasped uh, because I was so annoyed with them. So I think passive-aggressive non-approval <laughs> is the way to do it. <laughs> and That's goes, in the CDC guidelines, actually. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? Get, like, get in an argument with them? Like, that's not worth it. They're just going to, you know, they're just going to puff up their chest and fight with you more. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the best way. Um, this comes from Garrett. Spike and Mike, longtime listener, love the pod. Here are the questions. Basketball. Last night, Ben Simmons was, was Twitch streaming video games. Which many, which, many player, which many players have been doing since the season suspended and started talking about the top five defenders in the NBA. He came up with AD, Pat Beverly, Kawhi himself and Joel. He kept arguing against Gobert because he doesn't guard one to five. Who are your top five defenders in the NBA? Glad he put Joel in there. Yes. Gotta, just because there's no games or sport anymore doesn't mean we uh, aren't still Can't on rank. body language watch. Yep. I mean, I would say Joel, AD, and Kawhi are all locks, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I. AD is not a guy that I uh, was super high on coming into this season. Um, I think he obviously gets he gets his stats, he he gets deflections, he you know he always loaded up on steals and blocks. But I thought some of some of that was just like the way Iverson got steals, like not not in a uh, 
best for the actual defense of the team, um, like stat accruing. Because um, New Orleans like wasn't a great, really ever a great defensive team with him with him in there. Um, and then watching him this year and seeing how much he can switch and recover and just like use his length and uh, hang time to affect people's shots. Uh, he's very good. So I, I'd feel more comfortable putting him in there than I, than I had in years past. I'd put Draymond in. I know he's older and breaking down, but um, he's, he's just so good and smart and able to switch everything and communicate everything. Um, I, but Kawhi, I, I, obviously I love Simmons on defense, but Kawhi on defense is, again, when he was younger, is, gave more effort there because he didn't have to do as much offensively, but you watch him play and his, his defense is insane. Like he, didn't he, who was it that, did he, did he take the ball? No, it was, a, it was Avery Bradley, I think, that took the ball from Horford, like right in front of him, right? In, isn't, yes, in that game a couple correct. weeks ago? Yep. He just ripped it out. Yeah, and that's such a Kawhi move of just being like, I'm just going to take this. And it's so insulting um, and, like, personal. Uh, but there's a bunch of, I mean, Marcus Smart is also an excellent defender. I like watching Kyle Lowry play defense when I'm not, when it's not against the Sixers because it's very frustrating against Sixers, but against other teams. Uh, Drew, a fun, a fun guy to watch on D. Um, my Pelicans. Uh, yeah. I don't, I think, I, I'm not a Paul George defensive guy I think he is obviously a good defensive player but like he's overrated I think so too yeah I think he's overrated uh, and I, I it's it's interesting because like Pat Beverly is good his reputation is better than he actually is but he also fucks with people's heads which I think is important as well mm-hmm. uh, and I agree with Simmons on or with Ben Simmons on on Gobert he's the, I, I don't think Gobert's as good as AD or Joel yeah you can't be a He's a liability against some teams, and you can't be yeah. a liability and be one of the best defenders in the NBA. I get it. I get uh, in, the, in were, the regular season, but in the playoffs, I think you just can't. If you were a so his non basketball question, if you were a boxer or a baseball player, what would be your walkout song to get you going before a fight or at bat? Well, this is tough because it really says a lot about you. Yeah, I you think know. it's there's there's a little too much. With baseball, there's a little too much like what's the current song and people changing stuff. I liked how Utley's was always Cashmere. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've thought for years about what my uh, wrestling entrance music would be. Yes. Um, and the kind of stuff I like, I I legitimately don't know. I it would have to be tailored to my personality, but I, um, I like I always liked uh, some something like a little weird iconic intro so the crowd pop can can happen um like edges intro music was always great um and the rocks obviously was very good what would yours be i i my i I would just sort of like go dumb straight ahead and pick don't tread on me by metallica sure it's a great fucking song you know like i just Uh, i'm not i'm not getting fancy with this one you know you love metallica man like you fucking love fucking love metallica Metallica. in 2020 you love metallica well but would you want me to forget about the 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 um like the the stuff that i grew up no not at all i I love lots of but we're putting out shirts that are metallica still it's it's like the (laughs) sort of the artistic uh representation of the podcast 
You said I don't. You said whatever the name of the shirt is. You were like, we're doing that shirt, and I was like, oh, okay. And I googled it. I was like, oh, it's a fucking Metallica shirt. I had no idea. Yeah, well, look, man. If you you have an idea, we also did Nas for the Lick Face shirt. Mm-hmm. We did or no Dr. Dre. We did Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre. You know, like, come on. No, man. I I'm just thinking of stuff. Metallica. You that's your thing. That's fine. <laughs> I fucking love Metallica. What do you want out of me? And then um, wait, okay. Uh, all right, this is from Legs. Would you rather have sports suspended indefinitely or Doug Collins coaching these Sixers? For how long? Indefinitely. I don't know. That's kind of a shitty question. Does he mean forever or does he mean indefinitely? I mean, I, I mean, like forever. for Doug Collins coaching these Sixers indefinitely also? Yes, let's say. I don't let's, know. Let me, let me change this question. Okay. Let me say this season and next season get canceled or Doug Collins coaches the rest of this season and next season. Mm. Well, the thing about Doug Collins is two seasons, and he doesn't. You don't get the players don't hate him quite yet. So it could you could get by on two two Doug Collins seasons and be okay. And I, as a change of pace, would love to start hating the coach with reckless abandon. Um, but I've also I'm, I'm also committed to the bit, and so I will say I'd rather have all sports suspended indefinitely than Doug Collins coaching these Sixers. I would agree. I don't think I can handle that again. Yeah. And then the second question is, and I have a, only a half answer to this question, unfortunately. What is the coolest restaurant you've ever been to? <sighs> wow. We're now fucking we're JJ Reddick and Tommy. Yeah. Well, it's an hour into the pod, so I think we're okay. Uh, Zahav was very cool when I went in Philly. We, we couldn't get a reservation, so we went like right when it opened. That was dope. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. I remember like the most excited I've ever been is like going to like the one time we took a vacation when I was a kid and going to like an uh, all expenses pay is that what it's called all expenses paid or whatever it is uh, place and just like having omelets like all the time just like made to order like <laughs> omelets all, all, omelets 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 nonstop so that was cool it was like a whatever hotel. Uh, what is it? Food? Not food court. Whatever. Cafe. The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by our original sponsor, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Uh, the other day was his 32-year anniversary in business as L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Mm. So here's the crazy thing. So he sold 170 rings to Rights Ricky Sanchez listeners. Even if you pace them out over the 32 years, it's it's still a number that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's five a year. That doesn't even, if, if it was only five a year for the 32 years, that still seems like way too many. It would have been pretty weird if in 1989, five people got engaged <laughs> through El Pavorsky about a podcast that has one of its hosts had not been born yet. You're right. And, and that podcast hadn't even been invented yet, you know? Um, so, and the other, how old would I have been? 89, 13 years old. The, so obviously, uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, um, the physical location shut down, but LL can still take care of you. Um, just send him an email, and I, I, you know, he can do FaceTime with you, so you can look at the jewelry while you're there. He can just talk to you. You guys can get set for when uh, it's okay to go out and go to stores again. So while everything is shut down, LL still has the ability to help you. He could even, if you decide over the phone, he can even ship it to you. Um, don't ever leave the house. Don't ever see anybody, which is honestly 
not a bad way to live anyway. Mm. So um, the ways to do that are llpavorsky.com or um, just go to his Twitter, at llpavorsky. And Lord knows he could use the, you know, conversation right now. Just tweet at him and talk about the Sixers. Or Guy's jewelry. probably driving himself insane. Nobody to talk to. <laughs> Do you think he still wears the suit every day? I think he has to. Yeah, he still gets dressed just, up. Just the like... top part. Yeah. <laughs> and boxers. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, LL, uh, generous donations to Coded by Kids and Providence Animal Center continue even through this tough time, which means a lot to all of us. So thank you, LL. Um, again, llpavorsky.com, or uh, I don't think you can call him right now. Just the internet is the best way at this point. Um, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. FaceTime with your jeweler. Maybe he'll be naked. Back to the Ricky. So when I lived in Chicago, there was a, a guy, a record guy that knew all of, like, he was Mr. Restaurant Guy. His name was Dave Durkowski. Still there. Great dude. And he, he, wherever, if you ever need a, a restaurant recommendation in Chicago, Turkowski's your fucking guy. Like he, I was going to an Iron Maiden concert, the Allstate Arena, and the Allstate Arena is in the suburbs somewhere, like not near anything good. And I said, Dave, where should I go to eat near the Allstate Arena? He goes, look, there's a Chili's there. But the good thing about the Chili's is you can't make reservations, but you can call ahead. You can call ahead. And also, if you eat there, you can leave your car there and not pay for parking. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that's the kind of shit he knew. So one night, we were out with a couple of other record guys, and he made a phone call to go to this restaurant. And I'm sure if you fucking Google it, you can find out the name of it. It was one of these restaurants where everything is fucking, like, futuristic, like, like hey, here this tastes like French toast, but it's actually just a, a block of ice on a leaf and when you put it in your mouth it turns into french toast flavor like it was one of these like futuristic fucking like you don't know how anybody made any of it food and i don't remember the name of it you couldn't get a reservation there he called them because he's fucking durkowski and he got us to go there for dessert and it was the coolest thing i've ever done but i don't know the name of it uh, I will try to find it afterwards, and I'll put it in the next, the next, uh, the next episode. Should I tell the uh, uh, this, the legs trade story? Oh yes, the fantasy the trade. Fantasy so you and legs yeah. are in the same fantasy league. The uh, it is a um, what's it called? Salary cap. Salary keeper cap keeper league, league yeah. that I used to be in, and legs has the team that I used to. Yeah, John Gonzalez is in it. Uh, Bodner is in it. A couple other folks that. Uh, People might recognize. Um, Malik Rose was in it years ago. Yes, that was before my time. Yeah, before me. Yeah. So John is the commissioner. John Gonzalez takes it very seriously. It's the most serious I've ever seen him take anything. Uh, We dog sat for him, and he was like, yeah, whatever. You know, take him him somewhere, feed him whatever. Fine. But this league is very serious for John. And so I am, uh, when I first, this is my third season in the league. And pl- please feel free to interrupt me and ask questions and, 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 okay, and could, yeah. because I could just do this for 45 straight minutes. Um, my first year in the league, I tanked. Tanked hard because I, I inherited a bad team and wanted and just like immediately sold off everything and, and got better for next season. Last year, I finished, I think, in first place in the regular season and lost either in the championship game or the semifinal. Um, so you get a first round. The, first, the top two teams get a first round bye, and there's six teams total that make the playoffs. So this year I went even I tried to like split the difference last year of like going for it but still 
Um, oh, you can't do that, Mike. What? I you can't go for. Well, it I came close, but I was like, draft. my plan is tank one year and compete two uh, two years in a row. Um, so next year I'm tanking. This year I am going for it, like full going for it. I have like no picks left. I have no salary cap. I've traded everything. My team is very very good, um, but. I've had to deal with some injuries and, and had to sell off pieces and stuff, but I'm I'm absolutely going for it this season. I'm I'm currently in second place, uh, and and uh, hanging on to a buy what, with what was the last week of the regular season going into the playoffs before the the league stopped. So a couple I, now I don't forget the timeline, but it was about a month ago, three weeks ago, um, and legs the trade deadline was coming. It was like that. Say this trade deadline was on Wednesday. So a couple of days earlier, Legs emails the league saying, hey, uh, Steph Curry's a, is a, probably about a week, a week earlier. Steph Curry, there's a report saying he's going to come back um, March 1st. If you uh, make an offer, if you want, I want picks. Because Legs is also tanking. I had kept Steph Curry, but then had to trade him when he got hurt because I, I, I was going for it this year and, and couldn't, uh, couldn't carry an injured guy on my team. So I traded him to Legs. And he's had him all year, and I've made a ton of moves and all that stuff. And now Steph is reportedly coming back. And there's a there's a there's a report that says March first. And then I start talking to Legs, and be like, ah, I'm thinking about it, but if he's not there, I don't know. And so we're like st- sort of negotiating. And then I was like, if I can get this other deal, then would you accept a? I think I said a. A fourth round pick for Steph or something like that. And he was like, Yeah, honestly, probably, because nobody else had been reaching out to him about Steph. No one else had. F- a week, f- five to six days go by. Another report comes out. Steph Curry plans March 1st as his return, basically confirming the previous report, not changing it whatsoever, but just confirming the report that had already been out like the week prior. That happened on. Uh, on or the, just before the day of the deadline. And so I'm at work, and Leg sends me that report being like, hey, so it seems like it's going to happen. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to negotiate this other buddy heel trade. Basically, I'm, I, I talk to Legs, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it right now. And he's like, hey, uh, Gons, beat the deal. And I was like, you mother... First of all, I'm talking... Gons is the commissioner. Oh, wow. Gons is the commissioner. And what a fucking weasel. Yes, and I've been t- texting him about it and telling him, like, yeah, I'm trying to do this thing because Gons is on the fringe. Gons is like the Detroit, Detroit Pistons this year. And I'm, like, trying to just, like, get, you know, help of, of like, I want to beat the guy in the number one seed who, who is Gons' friend. And all of a sudden I hear Gons beat the deal. It's like, that motherfucker, spineless, going behind my back, whatever. Fine, fine. He didn't, he didn't keep texting me after he had made the offer is what he would say. So that's fine. And so I'm like, okay, legs, well, he, what did he offer? Let me add this much salary cap to try to do it. Would that do it? He's like, uh, I should probably go back to Gons. I was like, hey, man, I'm at work. I can't keep running into the bathroom <laughs> to make to negotiate trades. Um, I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, but like, I would love to just like get this done. And legs goes like, all right, fine. Fuck Gons. And makes the trade. And... All of a sudden, Gons started texting me, furious that Legs did not give Gons the chance to beat the offer. And ha- well, he doesn't have to. There's nothing in the rules that says he has to give. The, him that this apparently is competitive balance rules that are that have been uh, that have been made. 
and oh, other people in the league were pissed, despite the fact that they never reached out to Legs for to make a trade for Steph Curry. I had been, you know, negotiating with Legs, smoothing things over, talking to him for a while. You know, uh, there's a there's an experience, like, you know, milking the teat, trying to get it primed and ready to go of like making the trade. I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm the most prepared in the league, and then I and he makes the trade. Fuck Gons. Everybody else is pissed. Everybody in the league is pissed. Gon says this is a big deal. I have to on my way to like go get my taxes done that night. When I was driving. I'm on like a conference call with Gons and Legs, where Gons is like really taking it to us. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Tell me what I did wrong. And they, <laughs> he refuses to say because I didn't do anything wrong. And he's still like, you guys got to, you got, yeah, you think it's fine because you got the better deal. Like, yeah, because I I made a good deal and I was working the system for a while. There, the league is pissed at Legs for not like going not going back to other deals and just like accepting the first thing because so is he are, are they saying that you guys are in cahoots there was there was or? it was never that charge was never officially leveled but the idea of collusion was floated that gons had heard from other league owners had hap, had been floated to him that i traded steph to legs earlier in the season with the handshake agreement of you know I'll give them back to you for this much or and like 50 bucks on the side or something uh, if you give them back to me when he's healthy, which was not true. It did not happen. But there was some like whispers of collusion that me and Legs were in it together. And I was like, we made a trade because we had communicated with each other and I kind of put a deadline on it and he ultimately said, fuck Gons and made the trade. And but the league is pissed, and uh, Gons eventually let the trade go through. But there was talk of veto for a, for a long time, and so I became this like villain in the league because I you know got Steph Curry for a, 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 a you know a, a song, and uh, was prepared to ride that out to a championship. Okay. But then it didn't happen. Can I be honest with you? I'm all for not taking your side on this, but it just sounds like a legs is a bad negotiator, and then b that. Uh, Gons is trying to use his power as commissioner to shut down a trade that did not benefit So him. Gons claims I, that he would have shut down the trade if he was not involved. And the fact that he was involved made, uh, as the commissioner him. made it seem like he didn't want to have the appearance of something like that, so he allowed the trade to go through. It's a fucking lie. <laughs> it's He's lying. I don't think me and Gons' relationship has been the same since. <laughs> um... All right. Uh, this comes from Connor. Basketball question. If the season is over, and I think it is, we're on to preparing for next year. Looking at the current roster, which guys would you want to see on next year's team? In this hypothetical, contra- all contracts are movable, and we can re-sign whatever expiring Sixers we want. My list is Embiid, Simmons, Richardson, Matisse, Shake, Zaire, Burks, Furkan, Scott, and K- Kylo Quinn. What a, a horrible list, Interesting. by the way. Why are you re-signing Kylo Quinn? He's not even playable. And yeah, I mean, I'd say all the young guys. I was thinking about it earlier in this podcast of like, if Shayok gets the bump, which he should, like, who out of Robinson, Burks, Scott, Neto, stick? And the answer might be none of them. But yeah. they are the kind of the kinds of guys you'd want, and I. You know, is it is it the kind of thing where say say they don't trade Horford because I think that's it's pretty unlikely at this point, and he, and he's just like fine being backup center and Embiid misses time here and there and whatever, uh, he's good to have. 
Um, what else do you need? Like, I, I would rather I'd rather pay have a bunch of young guys that are battling out first for time, and then go pay like with whatever's left over to have an a legitimately good bench option with you know offensively with Korkmaz, uh, defensively with Matisse, like somebody who's just like. Could probably start on most teams and and comes off the bench as like you know maybe he's like thirty one and and still has it but like maybe taking a step back I don't know who that guy is off the top of my head but like if you can go get a guy that can like handle the ball and do it like what your best version of Dion Waiters not actually Dion Waiters but like the, that kind of player that's like a, it's kind of immovable right. on defense if he wants to like take things personally and come in and like get hot that kind of thing. I'd rather do that than have like a bunch of like fine guys because in the playoffs you're that it's shortening anyway. Right now we have a bunch of like you know if the if the season were to continue we have a bunch of slop of like maybe they you know you pick which slop is playing well and you and you play those two guys or whatever. I'd rather go get one legitimate guy like even like Lou Williams style like come off the bench for like you know 10 million or whatever. Um and let the young guys fight it out for for playing time after that. But getting a Lou Williams type for ten million, and by the way, how are we even going to do that? We don't have any cap space. Yeah, but I mean, you lose Mike Scott, you lose. But we're still over the cap. Like, remember, Embiid's making thirty some million. Tobias Harris is making thirty five million. Al Horford's making thirty million, and Ben Simmons is making thirty yeah. million. The Sixers are over the cap with those guys. I guess they would have. I'm not a cap guy, but I guess they would have a mid level exception or something. But they're kind of fucked in that way um so you love being fucked like you love they love the six yeah. sixers is fucked <laughs> I, I i almost think they have to keep like like over and and then there's the whole luxury tax thing i it's going to be an inch i don't have an answer yeah. i wish i had an answer it's just going to be a, a really interesting it might be a thing where you know we talked about this maybe you package either horford or josh and like one of the young guys and a pick for just like expiring contracts that you can put together and, and try to move on from there. If they, if they feel like they're too locked in and they don't think this is going to work. Um, all right. Two more questions and then we'll get out of here. This comes from Connor. Thank you for sticking with us through all this bullshit. Um, oh wait, no, sorry. That's the same one. Uh, oh, his second question. I'm sorry. The, the non-basketball question. Mike, hello. Everyone's go-to Twitter joke is that Shakespeare wrote King Lear while in quarantine. If you had to write a career-defining show or movie or play or whatever, that would, what would it be about and which sixer will you have make a cameo? Think Kareem and Airplane more so than a real role like Kevin Garnett and Uncut Jim. So I'm und- <laughs> in the reality that I'm writing shows and movies while we're quarantined. You want to know what yes. the things I'm writing would be about? Well, no, he's saying if if you could write a career-defining show or movie, what would it be about and which six would you count? That is what I'm trying to do, though. That's my job. Yeah, that's what I that yeah. is what I am. Yeah. That is my lot in life. Um, I, a couple years ago, had a show that never aired called Alive in Denver that filmed that I had, had been trying to plant the seeds of getting Embiid for season two, um, but it didn't, it didn't happen. Um, would love to get any anybody. There, there's a bunch of good. 
good guys. So, <laughs> I don't know. There's and you write and you but, write in different movies and stuff and and shows depending on what they're about. You write, you know, sometimes you just write people into it. Like we wrote uh, this. Um, this doesn't give anything away, but like there's a a uh, a show that we're trying to get get off the ground that uh, we wrote Lauren Hill into it. And we'll see. We'll see if oh, she does it. Oh, she, yeah, she should be easy. Yeah, that, that sure. Should be, that, um, but that. there's a you know you just take you just take your shots and you see if you can make it happen. Um, hmm. Uh, I'm trying. To I mean, I also Ben inter- Simmons would have been in the Ben Simmons show I did, so that would have been that would have been cool. Right. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to find one. All right. Fine, and we'll, we'll do the rest of them on the next pod because we, we certainly have plenty of time. This comes from Stephen, especially the international ones. We'll get to next time. Hope all is well. Besides Embiid, which sixer will be the most out of shape upon return? Me. Assuming a... G- <laughs> You're not a sixer. Uh, assuming a June or July return. So aside from Embiid, who would be the most out of shape? Um, I could see Tobias putting on some pounds. Yeah. He's got it on him. You could see that he could put on. Tobias at age like fifty five, might not look oh, that yeah. good. Yeah, two eighty. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I also think there's a chance that Burks or Robinson just doesn't give a shit. Just clearly do not want to yeah. be here. Yeah. And then non basketball. What is one best way to stay in shape without a gym? Uh, panicking. <laughs> That's great. I'll leave it at I that. I did try That's to. Great. So we're, 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 my writer's room is like telecommuting and stuff. And so you're, everyone's yeah. just got their face on the thing as, as most people are doing. Um, and uh, Alyssa got these, like, those like workout bands. You know those workout bands? That like, there's like different levels of like, yep. you know, firmness yep. or how, how, how hard it is to stretch them out and stuff. And so I was trying to do some of them like during, while the room was in. And like under the table, if it's like whatever, like curls or like tricep stuff or just like a little something to like, because I'm just fucking sitting here. Um, yep. And it, I'm looking at myself in the in the camera. I'm like, this just looks a little bit too much like I'm jerking off. It just looks a little, a little <laughs> not. I should probably just hold off and do it during lunch or something. So that was what I attempted and don't recommend. Uh, I guess I would say like. Look, as somebody who's had a bad lower back, I've, I've had to learn how to do things without using weights. And there's a lot of shit you can do with your own body weight that is a good workout. Do fucking push-ups, man. Push-ups are good for your core, yeah. good for your shoulders. Good. And, uh, and if you can find a place to run without people within six feet of you, and uh, most people can find that somewhere, uh, go for a little jog. That. All that shit about your knees getting bad because you're running is fucking. They're it's full of lies. It's not true. So, don't don't believe the hype. Uh, quick well, quick recommendation you, corner. No? Yeah. Um, last night I finally got around to watching The Farewell, which is on Amazon Prime. Um, it's what is it? It's a movie. It is uh, Aquafina is the lead. Um, okay. It's a, like a sad comedy or a dramedy if if you want to go there. Um, it's really beautiful. It's set in, it's all, it all, it almost all takes place in China and it's about a, um, Aquafina's grandmom is sick and dying and, uh, the family does not want to tell her that she's dying. 
Oh, I, I saw the previews of that. It's really yeah. good. It's beautiful. It's super interesting and funny in places and weird, and I recommend it heavily. The Farewell, uh, yeah, Amazon I Prime. Saw, yeah, I, I saw the preview of that because I was like, wait a minute. There's really somebody named Aquafina when I saw it. Yeah. Because I felt like I had heard her name yeah. before. And, then, and also, so. watch Perfect Harmony on Hulu, which is a show that I wrote for, um, that uh, was probably... 50-50 to get a season two, and now might actually be looking better to get a season two because all the, oh, really? all the because all the pilot season all the pilots that were supposed to be shot right now are uh, unable to be shot, and so they might just sort of go back to what they have, and so that would be nice. So if you can watch the show Perfect Harmony on Hulu, um, which is an NBC show, they might pick it up for another season, and I might be employed some more. Uh, I wrote episode one oh seven, which is uh, my partner and I, which is Rivalry Week. Um, and it is per IMDb uh, ranked as the best episode of the season. So you could just watch wow. that episode. It's good. We got lucky in that. That's the episode we, that we broke um, as a as a room. But it is we. I, re- I really like the how it turned out. It's a really fun episode. So rivalry week one hundred seven. Perfect harmony. Hulu. Next Sunday we'll we'll do one more pod between now and then. But next Sunday the five hour um, <laughs> Ricky Zumathon. To raise money for Providence Animal Center. And so that will be the kids. podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that if I can give you seven hours on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, that'll be the podcast. Yes, absolutely. It'll be Sunday um, from noon to five. Go to rightsrickysanchez.com slash charity. You can get the Zoom link there. Add it to your calendar. Uh, Providence Animal Center, coded by kids, as well as the staff at Underground Arts and uh, obviously to shine a light on our local sponsors who make all of this possible for us. Yeah. So uh, that is next week. Um, and we will send out, if you want all that information, just sign up for the newsletter. We'll send it out tomorrow morning. Write Ricky Sanchez, uh, uh, com slash newsletter. Are you down with T-T? Yeah, you know, lick face. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. <laughs> We will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we was right y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, we will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we will write y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, say the name. Forever.